Well, good morning, church. Today we're going to continue our series that we started last week called Christian. It's really not what you think it is. Sometimes we grow up in the church and we get an idea of what it means to be a Christian, listen to lots of messages, go to lots of Bible studies, but maybe Christianity just isn't what you think it is. And so in this series, we're focusing on going beyond just wearing the name of Christian, beyond just wearing that name like some brand that we like to wear, and instead becoming disciples of Jesus who actually copy his behavior, who make his conduct our conduct. So today I want to talk with you about being a disciple that copies the loving behavior of Jesus Christ our Lord. Maybe you've heard the name Anne Rice. She's an author that's written over 30-some books, sold 90 million copies. She's one of the most successful fiction authors in modern-day history. Now, Anne grew up attending church like many of us did. But when she was 18, she decided to leave the church, and she began denying the existence of God. She just got fed up and left. Anne then went on to become incredibly wealthy and well-known throughout the world, highly traveled. But like most people, Anne began to experience all kinds of life hardships, and those hardships caused her to begin to move back to her roots, move back to her church, move back to faith in Jesus Christ. And soon after that, she began to use her writing skills for the Lord. She dove into the New Testament began to study the scripture, and she wrote a book entitled Called Out of Darkness. And it's her life story about leaving the church, why she left, and how she found her way back. So Anne Rice re-embraced her faith in Jesus, and for the next 10 years, she spent participating in all things that we say are Christian, all Christian kinds of activities inside the faith. But then just five years ago, 2010, she decided to quit Christianity. She wrote this on her Facebook. She wrote, today I quit being a Christian. I'm out. I remain committed to Christ as always, but not to being Christian or being part of Christianity. It's simply impossible for me to belong to this, listen to this, to belong to this quarrelsome and hostile group. In other words, she's saying, I'm going to follow Christ, but I don't want to be a part of those who wear the name Christian, but are not copying the loving behavior of Jesus Christ. She goes on and she writes, my faith in Christ is central to my life. My conversion from a pessimistic atheist lost in a world that I didn't understand to an optimistic believer in a universe created and sustained by a loving God is crucial to me. But following Christ does not mean following his followers. Christ is infinitely more important than Christianity and always will be no matter what Christianity is, has been, or might become. Then later she gave this commitment or this testimony. My commitment to Christ remains at the heart and center of my life. Transformation in him is radical and ongoing. That I feel I'm called to step away from the words Christian. And Christianity is something that my conscience demands of me. Anne Rice. 
In other words, she's saying, I can't follow Jesus in the, a way that I understand what following Jesus really means and still associate with the word Christianity. I don't know about you, but as uncomfortable as that is for us to even hear or think about, is it possible that the unloving behavior of Christians toward one another and maybe toward some unbelieving, non-believing neighbors has caused some to stay away from Christ? And I believe, yes, it has. Like Anne, could some who associate with you and me really be saying, if that's how the followers of Christ behave, if that's how those who wear the brand name of Christians behave, I'm out. Because sometimes we who wear the brand called Christianity have not acted very Christ-like and therefore have caused some like Anne to say, I want Christ, but not the church. I want Christ, but not the name of Christian or the, the religion called Christianity. Is that possible? Absolutely. And possibly that's because Christian, the word Christian can mean anything you want it to because did you know it's not defined in Scripture? The word Christian is not defined in the New Testament in fact, in the New Testament, it's only used three times. And the word Christian was first used as a derogatory term to describe the followers of Jesus. And then, over time, what happened? The name stuck to those who were following Jesus. And then the followers of Christ began to embrace that word. And then they began to wear it and carry it as a banner and, and wear it as a brand but since the word Christian is not defined in the Bible, it can mean whatever you want it to mean. And so that's why those who see us calling ourselves Christians, living and behaving in ways that are vastly sometimes different, sometimes even sinful, but we call ourselves, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. That's why those who see us who call ourselves Christians, living on both sides of every moral, political, and, and civil conflict are getting confused about what Christian is. So here's where I'm going. Listen, re listen really close. Jesus didn't call his followers Christians. He called them disciples. He called his followers disciples. And as long as you only brand yourself as a Christian, you can do pretty much anything. You can believe pretty much anything, but once you decide to be a disciple, a student, a follower of Christ Jesus, there is no confusion as to how you are to behave. The word disciple is clearly described in God's word. Once you decide to be a disciple of Christ Jesus and begin to live up to all that Jesus Christ calls his disciples to be, it will rock your world, it will change your life, and your whole relationship with Jesus will just begin to soar. So one day, Jesus gathered his disciples together and he said to them, guys, I got a new command for you. This command is greater than all the other commands. This command is to be followed above all the other commands. 
And so he said to his disciples, to those wanting their behavior to match that of Jesus' behavior, he said, here, here, here it is. Here's your new command. Look at this. Jesus says, a new command I give you. I, God of the universe, give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So write this down on your outlines as we begin. Disciples of Christ Jesus, first of all, follow the greatest command for believers. True disciples, true students of Jesus, true followers, servants of Jesus, those who say, Jesus, you are my Savior, you are my Lord, they follow this command. They obey it. They begin to live it out. Now, most every disciple of Jesus believes this, but nobody can see what you believe. So people are going to know that you're a disciple of Jesus, not so much by what you believe, but by how you behave, and specifically by how you love one another. Now, when John records for all time this new command of Jesus, he's one of the last living disciples of Jesus. He's now an old man. He's seen the crucifixion of Jesus. He's seen himself taking care of Mary, the mother of Jesus. He's seen the resurrected Jesus, the ascension of Jesus. He's experienced the coming of the Holy Spirit. He's seen Peter preach and 3,000 put their trust in Jesus. And now this old man has seen his fellow disciples one by one persecuted and murdered. One of the last guys left. John's been a part of it all, seen it all, good and bad. And now he's the last eyewitness left. And he, inspired by the spirit of the living God, writes this, dear friends, dear disciples, and he's repeating what Jesus said, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And you read that and you go, really, John? How's that working out for you and the other guys? Just love one another thing. How's it working out for you guys? They're all dead. They've been murdered. The church is pretty much in hiding. How's it working out? Come on, John. With all the perspective of time that you've had, with all of the things that you've seen and heard and experienced, Isn't there something else that we as disciples ought to be doing to get the church up and going and growing? I know that Jesus meant well with his new command, but are you still going to stick with this love one another kind of a strategy? And what what do you mean when you say everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God? Well, in other words, the key characteristic, the key way to know if somebody's really a God person is how that person loves, how well they love one another in the church, outside of the church. And then he goes on and says something that's even more earth-shaking. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And if you're filled with God, you're going to be letting God's love flow out through you. Oh, come on, John. I don't know about that. I mean, my pastor is not a very loving guy, but man, can he preach. Amen, church? (laughs) 
Man, can he preach? He's not a very loving guy, but he can preach. But John is saying here, no, if he doesn't love, he doesn't know God. Oh, but man, I know this woman who leads our Bible study and, and she's not very loving. Nobody really likes to hang out with her. But man, she's got degrees and man, can she teach? She's got a BA in biblical studies and all this kind. Wow, she can teach. But John say, no, if she does not love, she does not know God. Why? Because God is love. And if you're filled with God, his love is gonna fill you. And his love is going to flow through you. So if you're really a God-filled person, you're a loving person. The, the God of love fills you and flows out of you. And so if you're really a disciple of Jesus, you're a loving disciple. You behave like Jesus behaved. You love others. But then you say, wait, wait just a minute, John. I got a couple of more questions. I mean, John, you've tried to live this life of love. You and all the other disciples, you've given it a shot. But how many friends... And followers of Jesus has this strategy of loving one another. How many has it cost you, John? John says, I lost count. I mean, John, you know what happened to Peter, right? John goes, yeah. You know what happened to Paul, right? John goes, yeah. And you heard about Matthew being burned at the stake, right? Yes. And you're still saying that God is love? Yes. <laughs> but how do you know that, John? And John says this. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And then he goes on and he goes, and this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he, holy God, creator of all that exists, that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. That means that God so loved us that he sent his son to be among us, unholy, sinful people, and then to sacrifice his life to pay for the sins of every one of us so that every one of us can live forever with him in eternity. Folks, that is love. That even though we were sinners, going our own way, doing our own thing, really messing up. God flowed his love down to us, to all of us through his son, Jesus. That is love, amen? That is love. Didn't have to do it, but he loved us so much, he did it. Disciples of Christ Jesus, first of all, follow the greatest command for believers. They show the love of God to others. One another in the church, it's not always easy. Some of us are stinkers. Amen. <laughs> but we show love anyway because God has showed his love to us. And so that's the first thing that we do. And then second, disciples then change the perspective of non-believers. When we really begin to show the love of Christ and behave like Jesus Christ, loving those around us, whether they deserve it or not, that changes the perspective of unbelievers. And non-believers, when they receive this love of God from believers, they're, they're perplexed, they're, they're confused, but they're still drawn to Christ and his church. And that's why John writes this, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Since God so loved us, even though we didn't deserve it, 
We owe it to others to love them just like they are. That's how God loved us, and that's how we're to love others. We owe it to others to love them like God loved us when we were just the way that we were. So if disciples of Christ let the love of God flow through them to others, then people won't feel like quitting Christianity or the church like Anne did. If the disciples of Christ will just live out this one command, then non-believers will be drawn to the genuine love of God. Because everybody's looking for a genuine, authentic love that lasts, that never gives up, that's unconditional. Everybody's looking for that kind of God-like love. And when they see you and me behaving in loving ways toward each other and toward them, they long to be a part of that kind of community. When we live like this, their whole perspective of, of Christ Jesus and his church will change. And so when they see the disciples of Christ loving and forgiving and accepting and growing and being patient and kind with each other, they'll want to be a part of something like that. And they'll never want to quit. And that means we need to stop just wearing the, the name Christian like a brand and instead get serious about being real disciples of Christ and loving the way he loves. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. And yet we live in a culture that loves to wear brand names. Amen. Anybody wear this brand? What's the name of this brand? Do we know it? Nike. Nike. Everybody knows about the swish. And in our American culture, we love to wear certain brands. And we don't even need the name written on the brand. We know what the swish means. And man, we plaster that on us. We wear it, whether it's a shirt or whether it's a couple pair of shoes. We like to wear our name brand. So here's the question. If you're going to wear Nike, are you going to be a runner or a pretender? If you're going to stamp that brand on your chest, are you going to put those shoes on your feet? Are you going to be a runner or just a pretender? Are you just going to just wear the brand name or are you going to run for the name? Amen? Amen. Are you going to run for the name of Jesus? You see... Inside the brand name of Christianity, there are a lot of pretenders. Inside the church, there are often many pretenders. There are some inside the church who like to wear the Christian brand. Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Don't go to church but once a month, but I'm a Christian. But they don't follow Jesus' command to love one another. So the question is, when it comes to following his command, are you a runner or just a pretender. If disciples of Christ will just live out this command of Jesus, then non-believers will be drawn to the genuine love of God flowing through our lives. Amen? So disciples, they first of all follow this great command for believers. They change the perspective of even non-believers, and then they get to experience the impact of loving others. The impact, folks, when we begin to live like this, when we begin to let the love of God Almighty flow through us, and we're a constant conduit of his love flowing through us, there's going to be an impact. People are going to say, I don't know what it is that you have, but I want some of it. I got to know what this is all about. 
So once again, Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must, get the word must, you must love one another, and by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By this love, you'll, you'll have an impact. People will just automatically know that person follows Jesus. <laughs> It'll just become clear to them because of the way you behave with great love towards them. And so when the disciples of Jesus go beyond just wearing the Christian brand, by just wearing the t-shirt that says Christian on it, when we go beyond that by becoming disciples who copy his behavior, by really loving one another, everyone will know that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then catch this, and it's when the love of God fills you and begins to flow out of you to others around you, that those around you are drawn to the loving God within you. Amen? We can have all kinds of events. We can do all kinds of things in the name of Jesus. But if we're not doing that in the love of Jesus, it'll make no difference. Nobody will be attracted. Nobody will be drawn. It's only when they sense the love of God in us flowing to them that makes the difference. So here's the bottom line. Beyond just wearing the Christian brand, become disciples of Jesus, ones who copy his behavior. If you want to make an impact with your life, obey the command of Jesus. Folks, as, a, as individuals and as a church, let's make a fresh commitment this morning to become not just Christians. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the word Christian, and felt there was. Nothing wrong with the term Christianity. But let's give it in some new cred on the street. Amen? Amen? Let's truly make a fresh commitment to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So when people come next to us, they sense the love of God flowing from us. Let's pray. Father, help me to go beyond just wearing the brand name of Christian. Help me to truly become your disciple, one who follows your command to love one another, one who copies your loving behavior. Lord, let it start with me. Let it start even today. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen.